Hi everyone, I'm Laura Langhoff Art, and this is episode 13 of To Cause to Learn, Effective Teaching in the Church. This podcast is for those who want to talk about what it means to teach the faith effectively to people of all ages. We cover issues from teaching Sunday school to the wee ones in preschool, all the way up to those feisty teenagers. Um, We're now talking about teaching confirmation and how to develop a culture of participation in adult Bible study will be coming up. If you think you're not a good teacher, you'll love this podcast. If you think you're already a good teacher, you'll love this podcast because it'll make you even better. And we all know that good teachers are always looking to be better. Today we're talking about middle school, which is the understanding stage of faith education and the years of confirmation. What are the stages of faith education? Well, the first one is the narrative stage, and that is preschool through second grade. And then there's the knowledge stage, which is third through fifth. Understanding where we are now, which is sixth through eighth grades. The reason stage, ninth through twelfth grades, and the wisdom stage, which are the adults. We will talk specifically about confirmation in a few episodes, but today is about middle schoolers in general, and so uh, this will apply to Sunday school or confirmation or any time you teach middle school. So welcome, and let's get started. The tip of the day today is don't downplay or overplay the many changes that are going on in the life of a middle schooler. They're significant, but they're not everything. Our first question today is about the understanding stage of Bible inquiry. The understanding stage is the middle school years, like I said, of sixth through eighth grade. It's the time in a child's life when they're beginning to think more analytically and they're starting to ask why something is true instead of just accepting what somebody's telling them. They want to know more about the mystery that is our God and his word. This is a fantastic time to jump into what I call Bible inquiry, which is about asking questions and finding answers. This is the time to have, or at least start having, the tough discussions, and those usually start out with tough questions. Now, today we are going to talk about what is the deal with those middle schoolers, and I am talking about... Uh, primarily about what's going on with them. People have a tendency to not think about what's happening in their bodies and their emotions and everything else when they're teaching them, but it's really important to know that, which is why I talk about that at every age. So when people talk about middle schoolers, there's usually a lot of eye rolling by the adults. Of course, teenagers do plenty of eye rolling themselves too. There are two times in a life when there are two times in a life that has a lot going on with both minds and bodies. One of those times is during the first three years of life, as you can imagine, and the other is in middle school. Hormones begin to course through the body, and in every single one of us, our brains have to learn what it means to deal with them. They're not sure, and it takes a little bit of time. It's the beginning of a very complex change. 
The changes we see in middle school are the beginning of what I call is the acceleration of the journey to independence. And this means a number of things. One, socially, kids start paying more attention to their peers than their parents. Their world is getting bigger and their worldview is growing. They're not just seeing or experiencing new things, but they're also noticing how they were raised differently from their peers. They want to know if what they've been taught all this time is the truth. They see their friends' lives in a whole new way and they can see their friends' parents in a whole new way. Number two. They also have a growing curiosity about who they are and where they fit into the world. In society today, we are having a tendency to teach teens that they are victims of a harsh world. But this is the time to tell them that they are not victims. The world isn't suddenly changing and isn't suddenly terrible. Read the Old Testament again if you're not sure about that. This is the time to talk to them about how to cope with this changing world that has gone on forever, where everything is not easy or as we expect it to be. God is the one true consistency in all our lives. Number three, middle schoolers will not always go to their parents with life's questions. They're pretty sure they already know what their parents are going to say, and they're looking for greater or different input. Their tendency will be to go to their friends and sometimes even their friends' parents because they may find them cool, uh, which is why their friend choices are really important. Also, research shows that it's very important that Uh, kids in middle school have a trusted adult who they can go to regarding their faith questions. Now, this can be a Sunday school teacher or a pastor, since they'll be starting confirmation classes and talking about a lot of these things anyway, but it could also be an aunt, an uncle, or a grandparent who share their beliefs. Discovering your personal identity is a process of comparison and thought and discussion. We all do this throughout our lives, but it begins during the middle school years, and faith plays a big part in it. Number four, here's the other thing, or another thing. By middle school, most kids have unlimited or unmonitored cell phone use and internet access. This means that the media and what they see on the internet play a part in their developing identity. They're bombarded with messages about living the best life, and that best life is usually, or pretty consistently, contrary to God's word. You can tell by what you can see on TV, uh, some of the websites they visit, and if they go to a public school, for the most part, and even sometimes a parochial school, there are kids that get into things there that they should not be getting into. You want to make sure that you have discussions about pornography because kids have access to it so much earlier now than they used to. And number five, socially, kids in middle school are also very self-absorbed. Kids in general are, but in middle school, they are very self-absorbed. They are sure that nobody has ever gone through what they're going through. They also may be impulsive in what they say or do. Keep in mind that their brains are not yet done developing and their emotions develop far sooner than the, whoa, that might not be a good idea part of their brain 
the frontal lobe. Number six is the need to belong to a group or to feel that they belong to a group becomes more and more important in middle school. If their primary group of friends does not attend church, there may be a growing attitude of, I don't want to go. It's boring and stupid. This is not the time to let them decide whether or not they attend church or Sunday school. This is the time to say, you need to come to church. Everybody needs to come to church. It can't be about how... Number seven, physically, their hormones play a huge role in how their bodies are changing. And there is a lot of comparison going on because they all develop at different rates. Comparing their looks or their body changes is more prevalent in girls, but boys also compare their skills in sports to their peers. Comparison is the death of happiness. You, can, you can't say that enough to them and they will still do it. The girls are comparing how they look and the boys are comparing their skills in sports. Seriously, they've got all kinds of things going on with their bodies and those hormones. Um, physically, uh, their sex organs are coming alive and they notice the changes in the opposite sex. Girls begin puberty about 18 months before boys. So you may hear girls talking about boys while boys aren't noticing because they're talking about sports. Um, they may have rapid skeletal growth. I know my grandson, it's like he grew a foot in a year. It's just amazing. And that may cause some growing pains. Uh, they start having body odor, acne, and hair growth in places they don't want to mention. Their own physical changes and the changes they see in their friends can be very distracting at this age. Their feelings about sex will be amplified and even glorified in the world, and dealing with those in comparison to the biblical view can be confusing for them, and they are very uncomfortable talking about it. That doesn't mean, however, that you shouldn't talk about it. Next is you want to know what's going on in their heads? Well, like I mentioned earlier, the teenage brain is about halfway through the development process and middle school is early in the teen years. Frances Jensen, in her book, The Teenage Brain, tells us that there's a little joke that God has played on parents. The temporal lobe, which contains emotion, sexuality, and language, is developed before the frontal lobe that contains impulse control, judgment, and insight. So there you have it. Middle school is the beginning of it all. And it ends when they're about 30. Though their brain is fully developed in the mid-20s, their ability to predict the future or consequences is much better than it used to be, but it's kind of overridden by an emotional push to react to things. And that's a natural thing. They see the gray areas of life now, but not always clearly. Though they do enjoy debating, their logic will often be faulty. They may often debate or argue just for the sake of arguing, so you can just consider it practice. An underdeveloped frontal lobe has some other consequences too. While young teens may talk about the future, they rarely think in terms of it. While their worldview is growing, their experience in the world is quite limited. 
They will always want more independence and less responsibility or being held to consequences. They want to be adult and will often tell you that they think they are, but they have no idea of the responsibility that comes with it. And finally, what does all this developmental information have to do with teaching the faith or confirmation? Well, quite a lot, actually. First, it's really important to know where the kids are at developmentally at any age when we're trying to teach them so that we do it in a way that has the greatest impact. In the middle school years, it's even more important because they're going through so many changes physically and emotionally due to those pesky hormones that their bodies and brains are trying to deal with. Also, it helps when trying to manage their behavior. As a teacher, I have three basic rules. I put them in the parent folder and talk about them at the parent meeting for confirmation. And I have a reminder poster that I put in the wall in my class where we meet. The first one is respect the learning environment. And that just includes not being disruptive vocally or physically. If you've ever spent time with middle school boys, you know this is for them. Not using electronic devices when they're not supposed to or eating food in class when they're not supposed to. They need to respect the learning environment. The second one is respect the property. And this may include not tipping back on chairs, which seems to be a habit for everyone, not writing on tables. It's not that they are just writing on tables because they are thinking about it. They unthinking start writing on tables and they do it in schools too. So we want to make sure that we catch them on that. Not putting gum under tables or under chairs and taking care of any books that they use. The third one and the last one is respect for each other. And this may include the words that they choose, how they speak to each other or treat each other. It needs to be with respect. And that includes the teacher or other adults, not borrowing without asking and keeping their hands to themselves. Remember, it's middle school. Sometimes we have to remind them to keep their hands to themselves, as well as, as I mentioned, using appropriate language. One important thing is to never give in to disrespect. Kids at this age can knowingly and unknowingly be disrespectful. It seems to run rampant with many teens today. There should be zero tolerance for disrespect. If they're talking, do not talk. Wait for them to be quiet. Expect them to be quiet. Expect respect. Managing this will be discussed in a later podcast about managing classrooms, but I'm going to say it now. Do not let up on respect. They need to learn to show it. And the earlier you start, the easier it will be. Wow. Well, that was a lot of information. Don't forget that if you have a question about something, especially as we start going through confirmation and we do these teen years, which get a little bit complicated, we can talk about it here. All you have to do is contact me and let me know what it is. If you've got a question, I've most likely got an answer. 
You can submit questions using the form at carpentersministrytoolbox.com under the podcast tab. You can find the Carpenters Ministry Toolbox on Facebook, or I've added a widget to the Anchor podcast page that'll let you leave a message. Give it a try. You can also find my books, The Art of Teaching the Faith, which this podcast is based on. All of this information for the middle school years can be found in The Art of Teaching Confirmation and other books I have on Amazon. There's also a PDF leader's guide and a student workbook for The Art of Teaching Confirmation resources, and they are both available on my website, carpentersministrytoolbox.com. Until next time, my friends, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer, especially for your middle school kids. That's Romans 12, 12. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.